I know you came to the house in 58. Yes. He came two years later. Yes. Um, you, correct me if I'm wrong, um, appear to be that rarity, um, some, like Jerry Ford, someone who never wanted to go to the Senate, someone who basically wanted, who saw their career being in the House. Um, Dole obviously didn't. What was attractive about the House then? Well, now you're talking about me. Yeah. Uh, a Rostenkowski in the state of Illinois uh, running outside his boundaries was in itself a limitation. Uh, you couldn't sell me downstate for governor, for senator. Uh, so I always wanted to legislate because of the latitude that a legislator has. I really feel sorry for these chief ex executive officers having, I'm talking about local now, yeah. having to work within the framework of a budget. Here we, in Washington, we just print money. And the legislators are even more guilty of committing that sin than anybody else because uh, accountability isn't there. But at this point in time, I don't think there's the mental set that a Dole and a Rostenkowski as legislators had. Uh, the Republicans, generally, uh, couldn't sleep if we didn't pass a budget. But they weren't Republicans then. They were legislators. Democrats, the same way. Why, it would have been so embarrassing uh, for a Bob Dole to, to, to not be able to handle the legislative product and to insist that members take the tough vote, but at least accomplish something. That raises something. 58, 60, you know, the culture presumably is about the same. What was the House like in the early 60s well, when Dole first came <coughs> out? For, the, the first thing, <coughs> I, and I think uh, members who came in 58, 60, 62, 63, we weren't obligated. We had no great society then. What did we have? The post office, veterans affairs, Foreign affairs, uh, retirement, pro social security—that was it for 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 the uh, for the member of Congress, and he'd go his merry way and go home and do constituent the, service. Oh, okay, well, always a lot of constituent service. But you know what initiated, I think, the focus on the national legislator was the fact that we started to send letters out. We gave our constituents an accountability of what we're doing, of what can be done, how government can help you. This was all uh, making us more attractive. Uh, now, I, I, I pointed out my, legis my limitation because of the length of my name and whether or not it would have been acceptable in the rural communities of the state of Illinois. <coughs> A fellow like Bob Dole, limitless, with his war record, I mean, for gosh sakes, uh, you know, you, you see Bob Dole and you see McCain in, in bed. Uh, these are American boys. At that time, you know, everybody still had the flavor of the war. And so, uh, you know, I, I, could, I could understand a, a Bob Dole or a, a Bob Michael or any, uh, having a great war record uh, aspiring for a position in the Senate. Uh, you know, um, individuals can do more in the Senate. Uh, individuals can block legislation. In the House, you've got rules, and you have to play by the rules. But um, there isn't 
the attitude today uh, with respect to, to legislating, accomplishing things. Now, I, I've often said this, and I, I and I, you know, I think that uh, this is parallel to kind of a lifestyle of a Bob Dole. Uh, you know, right after uh, the uh, first uh, Tuesday after the second Monday, uh, you're no longer a Democrat or Republican. You're a member of the legislative process. And there was always a pride in, in accomplishing something. Then. You, you wouldn't necessarily oh, argue no. that it's the case Oh, no, no, today. no. I, I'm, I'm talking about the difference. <coughs> yeah. An example. When I first came here, Sam Rayburn ran the show. And, and it was conceded that he runs the show. Joe Martin was the minority leader. Joe Martin was the speaker. Uh, Charlie Halleck from Indiana ran against Joe Martin. Now, now pay attention to this. This is cute. Contrasting it with today's times and today's attitudes. Charlie Halleck defeated Joe Martin for, majority, for minority leader. There was an argument in the confines of the leadership, both Democrat and Republican. What would happen with Joe Martin's Cadillac limousine? Charlie Halleck said, he lost it. He's, he's not the leader. I'm the leader. I get the Cadillac limousine. Sam Rayburn says, you'll get the Cadillac limousine, Charlie. But I'm not taking Joe Martin's Cadillac limousine chauffeur away. And you know something? He didn't. Now, you try to pull that cake off in this time, and, and you'll have more uh, video, <laughs> audio, investigative tape. There'll be, I mean, you know, wasting money. But that was the way it ran then. Plus the fact, we didn't work as hard then. Uh, we got here and got sworn in in January and almost didn't come back until Easter. Uh, what was happening is the committee, uh, which was the Ways and Means Committee, was organizing the committees. And they took their precious time. As a matter of fact, on one occasion, I think they took a trip to Florida to convene the Committee on Ways and Means or the Committee on Committees. <coughs> now, you've got to remember this. At that time, There were only 25 members of the Ways and Means Committee, 15 Democrats and 10 Republicans. A lot easier. No television in the room. Uh, executive sessions were commonplace. Uh, and, and, and that's one of the reasons why this transparency and the, the conspiracy of, a, of writing good legislation it was a Bob Dole and a Rostenkowski teaming up, even in the in the year in the in the, in the closer years to to this time. Uh, the Social Security amendments in '82. That uh, in, in well, uh, that took effect starting in '87. were products of goodwill, good faith, and confidence in a Bob Dole. If I told Bob Dole I was going to do something on the House side, and I'd say, don't get your ire up, if he told me he was going to do something on the Senate side, don't get your ire up, don't run to the press and say, I'll show him, just wait until we get to conference. And if we got to conference, the attitude at the convening of that conference was that we were going to get a legislative product. But that presupposes an enormous level of personal trust, which 
which presumably takes years to build. Well, you know, I think it really depends on how much you fear for a government bankruptcy. There was no question that the Social Security system uh, was going to have a big problem by 87. Uh, there was no question that we planned in what I did on the House side and what Bob did on the Senate side. We planned so that when we got to the conference, if both legislative products were the same, there was no conference. And that's what we did. And, and, and the end result is you still have, you know, the increase in age taking effect. Products that were, that were going to start in 10 years. When you'd argue with the senior citizen who wasn't <coughs> then as powerful because he wasn't organized, uh, when you told the senior citizen, why, my gosh, when this takes effect, you'll be dead. It's not going to affect you. Uh, they had nothing to grumble about. Is that the third rail, in fact, of American politics? Is that the single most difficult, politically thankless issue to, to try to address Social so, Security? No. No. I think health, health, health has... Uh, don't misunderstand me. It's important. It, 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 is, it is maybe the third <coughs> rail, but the growing problem is the medicine that we're taking, keeping us alive longer, making vegetables out of us, really. Well, what, what was it that happened to you when you were all but attacked by constituents? Yes. Was it, was it a Medicare uh, issue, or what, what was it? Uh, well, it, 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 <coughs> it was what we were doing with respect to health. And... You've got to remember, it was an organization on the local level that was fighting with the organizational on the national level because I had the national organizations endorsing what we were doing with respect to senior citizens. But this got so much play by this media and everybody said, oh, boy, if they can do this to Rostenkowski, can you imagine what they can do this to, to anybody else? <clears throat> and this got contagious. And because it got contagious, uh, we shelved uh, or uh, we lost the muscle uh, that legislators usually have. Uh, you know, I don't often get to Washington uh, and uh, I hate to hear myself say it, but I don't miss it at all. Yeah. Uh, I think that um, the Dole-Rostenkowski mindset, the Bob Michael on the, on the House floor mindset, uh, I was fortunate in... The 14 years that I was chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, only two of those years were under a Democratic administration. All the rest were with Republicans in the presidency that wanted to write some history and do the right thing. There was the leader in the Senate who wanted to do the right thing. And, uh, and don't misunderstand me. We had our differences, uh, Senator Dole and I. Uh, when did you, do you remember when you, when you first met, when your paths first crossed? Or well, I, I met him when he was a member <coughs> of the House of Representatives. Right. But, I mean, it was casual. It was yeah. a Democrat-Republican high, you know, one sure. of those highs. Yeah. <coughs> and, By the way, is, is the legend true that there was more, at least socializing, Oh, sure. Oh, sure. If you were out eating or, or you walk across the room, say hello to uh, the Dole constituents, 
make a big man. We make big men out of each other. I mean, you you sat there and you talked about a Republican sitting at the dinner table saying, boy, we couldn't get along without him. It's an old Lyndon Johnson trick, you know. But the fact of the matter is, um, when the curtain fell at 5 o'clock and the Jack Daniels bottle came out, we were all pals. And that raises another thing. Let me ask you. In those days, you had two national political parties, but each of them had a conservative and a liberal wing. I mean, they were much more diverse, philosophically, than they are. I mean, now we literally have overwhelmingly a conservative party and overwhelmingly a liberal party. And it may be logical, but I'm not sure you can make the case that it works. Um, Well, I don't think that you're accurately portraying the situation. We had a Republican Party and a Democratic Party. Right. But we had an appetite for legislating. The middle of both parties were the voices. The middle. It would coagulate the efforts a deal-making operation. Uh, you know, these are all quote-unquote guttural terms. But, 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 but you know... Has, has the middle been sort of taken out of action? Now? Well, I mean, the, 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 fact that the, <coughs> the fact that the problem is is that inside the creation of leadership, the right and the left are more prominent, are more vocal, are very attractive to the one-minute soundbite. And, you know, it's like, uh, well, if you think that the Cubs were windy at Wrigley Field today, wait until you find out what happened in Washington. So here you are with this camera, not reporting the news, but setting the stage for the mindset of the person that's going to accept your views on, in the news. Uh, I, I, I'm very much in hopes that we're going to get back together. I mean, that, the, that, that the, there's going to be an understanding in both parties that, that we just can't continue to, 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 to go on the credit card because that's what we've done. I mean, we just, (coughs) I said earlier, (coughs) you've got a problem in that being a legislator, you can always poo-poo, you know, the the, the budget process. But when you're an executive, you've got to make that dollar go as far as it possibly can. That that brings up a perennial question. Do you have a theory as to why, of course, this this year's an exception. Whoever is president next year will be a senator. But, you know, that's very rare. Do you have a theory as to why the American people tend to be reluctant to elect legislators to the presidency? Um, No, I I really don't. Uh, I just think it's happenstance. You do? I I, I mean... uh, Well, let me me throw out a couple uh, things. Even more so... Now, uh, we haven't got a prominent governor uh, in in the mix. Uh, The last prominent governor, I mean, naturally Ronald Reagan, but the last prominent governor, as far as the Democrats were concerned, was Como of New York. Uh, But he couldn't get his hands. uh, uh, His hands were in jello all the time. Yeah. Well... Let me throw out a couple things. Legislators, it is said, don't run anything larger than their office. So, you know, people look at the governors as executives. But one that I, I think, particularly in Dole's case, here's, you know, there's this kind of legislative language. You know, and people inside the Beltway, it's almost like a foreign language. I mean, there's kind of a shorthand, and, and legislators understand what legislators are saying. 
but it doesn't translate very well outside the Beltway. Well, um, the, the media, without question, has brought government on the national scale into the living room. Uh, more so than any than any other thing and any other reason. Uh, you know, the Beltway is only a creation in the last 25 years. Uh, Beltway boys, everything's inside the Beltway. You know, those highways were put in there uh, after Eisenhower uh, because he was the big program director on, you know, international highways. Uh but uh, let me let me throw. I I I, <coughs> I think in 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 our day, if I had a problem with Bob Dole, I'd walk over to the Senate and say, "Bob, I want to see you." Uh, today, uh, they get on the six o'clock news and say, "Hey, I got a problem with Bob Dole," and let Bob Dole answer it on the six on seven o'clock news. Everything is press release, and, and, and that's scary. As a matter of fact, I really <coughs> am concerned, and, and I don't want to put a limitation on freedom of the press, but, you know, you, you can uh, make fools of your chief executives for so long, and then the people think they are fools, and that's not healthy for our society. Good point. Uh, it's, it's not healthy for our international image. Uh, you know, they say, oh, well, that's, that's freedom of the press. That's, yeah, but it, it, it's injurious, too. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Dole becomes chairman of the Finance Committee at the beginning of 81. I've got to tell you this story about that. Yep. <coughs> you know, the secret ballot is the worst thing in the world when you're running for office because you don't know who's your friend. And everybody will walk up to you and say, Jesus. You know, uh, the Jack Kennedy said, to you, my God, everybody in the room voted for me and only won by two votes. Uh, I honestly, when Bob took over the, the, the finance committee and then announced that he was going to run, I, I guess it was Howard Baker that uh, decided he wasn't going to... That's right. Uh, ...wasn't going to, re to re run for re-election. Uh, if anybody has got a quick mind and a fast tongue on the Senate side of the uh, on the Senate side of the Congress, Bob Dole had it, and uh, I thought that there was going to be an opportunity to get even with Bob Dole, and I never thought that he was going to get elected. Uh, I figured that he'd be on the Finance Committee, and he'd be on my he'd be my opposite on the Senate side for a long period of time. But I guess there were, there were about six or seven members that ran, and I think the last guy standing was Stevens yeah. of Alaska. And Bob uh, managed to, well, I don't know whether it's the lesser of two evils or what, but uh, I think Bob won by about three or five votes. I don't. I don't. Yeah, know I think it was one or two votes. I mean, it was very close. Right? Yeah, one <coughs> vote. One vote. <coughs> I, was, I was amazed. I was a, a tickle to death because hell, I now not only knew the finance committee chairman Bob Packwood, I knew the Senate majority leader. By the way, Packwood did a very good job, didn't he? Uh, Packwood worked hard. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> You know, I, I'm trying to think of um, how many Senate finance chairmen I had. Dole, Packwood, Benson. I had Russell Long, too, for a while. Uh, I, and and uh, Pat, Pat Moynihan. Um, what was Russell Long like? He was a witty guy. He, he was... Uh, well, he was a man of his word. Uh, now, I, I don't know how other people were exposed to him, but uh, he was a man of his word. Uh, he was a joy to be with. He had, he had a funny story for everything that was going on. Yeah. Boy, yeah. But, uh, um, 
He's a contrast to Bob Dole. But then again, he was a Democrat who was, who was chairman of the Finance Committee for quite a while. And, 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 uh, and you know, kind of felt like he, he owned the place. And he did. He did. I mean, I, I, knew, I knew that I, I, I didn't think that as chairman of the Ways and Means Committee I'd ever be a match for him. You know, but... For Russell Wong? Yeah. Well, how so? Because he well, was such because, an institution? Well, he or? was such a giant, <laughs> you know, on the Senate floor. Yeah. Um, but, you, you know, it, it's, 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 it's like walking on the ball field and you're pitching uh, to Stan Musial or to Joe DiMaggio. Uh, you're, go you're going into a conference with the chairman of the Finance Committee who has his reputation is fantastic because he'd been there so long. But things were different then. Things were different then. I think people, Wilbur Mills was opposite uh, Russell Long. Giants, you know. Disproportionately uh, uh, <coughs> Southerners? Well, hell. Because of the uh, presser. You know, Jack Kennedy accepts low bows for having done so much legislating as president, when in fact the legislative accomplishments of Jack Kennedy were minimal because the Southerners controlled all the important committees. I think the only two committees on the House side that were controlled by Northerners are three committees, Government Operations, Bill Dawson, Public Works, Buckley of New York, Judiciary, Manny Sellers, and all the rest, Armed Services, the big Appropriations Committees, Texas Southerners. Uh, now, you saw the wave of reform that came in, the Watergate babies and all of that. Oh, sure. On balance, was it a good thing? Well, I think the assassination of Jack Kennedy, nobody, and I don't know how many people would argue this point, nobody will ever be the kind of president in our lifetime that Lyndon Johnson was. He, uh, you know, he was the butt end of the criticism, particularly of the Northeastern press, but Lyndon Johnson, and I was pretty close to Lyndon Johnson, Lyndon Johnson had a gut feeling of trying to do something in education. He really wanted to do things in education. And whether you're a part of the minority or the majority, to, to see somebody that is so committed to trying to fix the problems, uh, whether you're a Rostenkowski or a Dole, you want to help. I think Dole, do you think there's a little bit of the populist in Dole? And I, well, I say I, that I, by I, going I, I, up poor I, I, in the I, Dust Bowl. I, I, and, and, yeah, but, but I, <coughs> I don't know that, you know, that, that, that's all bad coming from a poor family. No, I'm, I'm not saying it is. I just, I, I, but it, it's sort of counterintuitive. People think of him as this kind of Wall Street, you know, establishment Republican. But when you look at where he came from, yeah, it's anything but establishment. Well, he's... Uh, now, you see, you, 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 you draw a picture of Bob Dole that I never even thought of. I mean, I, I thought that Bob Dole was always one of the guys. You know, you, you, could, you could laugh with him. You could, you could drink with him. You could, uh, when, and and on, on several occasions, Bob Dole and I were speaking to the same audiences away from Washington and uh, enjoyed each other's company at dinner and, and kidded with each other. But you know something? Getting out of Washington... And getting out in a third atmosphere isn't all bad for a Democrat and a Republican uh, across the table with business, labor. I mean, today, if, if you do that, they're finding that you're, you're conspiring. Set up the Ways and Means Committee and the Finance Committee. Are they, in fact, sort of... Parallel or um, well, how do... I was never too high on the Senate. Uh, 
you know, they're all, <coughs> they're all they, they were all prima donnas. I, I remember when I took over the first conference, uh, and I was chairman of the conference, and the conference was held in the Ways and Means Committee room. Uh, some staff members from the Senate said, well, my senator won't be here today because he's going to do this, and my senators won't be here today because he's going to do that. And I sat there and I said, well, how are we going to get votes from the Senate? Well, we have their proxies. I said, oh, you don't have them for me. You tell your senator, uh, the meeting will be adjourned. We'll meet again next week. And uh, if they're going to be interested in, in gathering uh, some programs for the Senate's position, they'd better be here. And uh, it, uh, it, it was almost as though, you know, the staff was running the Senate. And, and that, that was in my early days. Uh, you've got to remember, I think, that uh, as we progressed, as Bob Packwood, Lloyd Benson, <coughs> chairman on the Senate side, the, the senators were authorizing their cha their chairperson to to, to to vote for them, and I didn't mind that at all. I mean, what the heck? If, if that took place on the Senate side, there's no reason why the House members wouldn't give me that authority. So really, you had two people writing the legislation uh, in, in executive <coughs> session. Uh, I, I've got to underline the fact that the, the, the appetite to legislate was, was the greater controlling uh, issue. It, it, it wasn't all heck, we're, we're not going to, I mean, we're not going to do this today. We're, we're not going to pass a budget. Well, my God in heaven, how can you do that? I mean, there were tough votes to be taken. And 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 I think, I think that even with uh, uh, with Howard Baker when he was the majority leader, I'd say Howard, I'm telling you right now, this is you know it's not coming out of the conference unless I get some assurance from you and the members of the Senate that you're going to support this because I'll just take it out of the conference. Uh, there, there was a different attitude then. Eighty one, of course, the Reagan package. Oh which everyone agrees now got out of control. No question about it. Is it safe to say, and Bob Dole was never and, and by a the supply way, cider. By the way, by the way, <coughs> the 81 package that got out of control was fixed in 82 and in 83. Right. And Mr. D. Dole and Mr. Rostenkowski fixed it by agreeing to put the same language in each the Senate bill and the House bill so that it went to conference, our membership couldn't fiddle-faddle around. And that's when we corrected it. How bad was 81? <coughs> I mean, oh, well, it? Ronald Reagan was such a popular <coughs> son of a gun. You, 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 Jesus. Particularly after the assassination attempt. Yeah, well, he, he killed me on the floor. I mean, uh, the, 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 they stripped me. Uh, I, I couldn't do anything. I mean, was, was Tip O'Neill? Did he feel, feel the same way? I mean, well, did he feel well, that he well, well, well you, you, you couldn't get the Dixiecrats, the conservative Democrats. You couldn't get them to take on Ronald Reagan because he was so popular down south. And uh, you know, I, I finally went to Ronald Reagan in '83. And 84. By this time, the country was getting used to having a Ronald Reagan president, but it wasn't as crazy about, uh, you know, the, the, the president. Uh, we were starting to check, and, and, and members of the uh, academy, the academicians, hey, 81, <laughs> this is kind of a dangerous thing in which we're doing. And I think the, the president uh, started to realize that maybe they went too far. Uh, Dole must have been—it must have been an awkward position for Dole, because he was not a supply sider. No. And yet he was a very good soldier. 
Well, uh, I, I, if I were going to make a judgment about Dole, and, and you know, you, you're talking about some 20 years ago, uh, I, I, I think that Dole starts to look at the process and starts to realize that maybe asking the country to accept some pain, maybe asking the country to, uh, to participate in, uh, in some of the hardships, uh, that was not above Dole. That was, that was not above the legislative fix at the time. Uh, <clears throat> you know, you, you, you could talk about uh, where Bob Michael was. Uh, and, you know, it, it was maybe we better start thinking about Barbara Conable, members of the Ways and Means Committee. Maybe we better start thinking about uh, coming back a little bit. Uh, How hard it, it's it's hard for me to make judgments. <coughs> I'm not I'm not as closely exposed to these well, people. How difficult was the '82? It was called Tefra. Mm -hmm. um, how difficult was that to uh, to put together? Because clearly, you know, he had a lot of true believers mm -hmm. of the conservatives mm -hmm. who were for whom it was anathema. And he had to persuade the White House. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Uh, well, one senses that Jim Baker was a significant part. Well, yeah, yeah, there, there was the so-called Gang of 17 that was put together. Uh, and Jim Baker, uh, I, I think Jim Baker in the White House was more what's doable. Uh, but, you know, if you, if, if you went up, uh, and on a personal basis, if you went up and convinced Ronald Reagan and he had faith in you, I remember going to Ronald Reagan and talking about what we're going to do with respect to Treasury 1, which was, you know, the, the Don Regan idea of raising revenues because he sure as hell thought uh, that he was going to have a problem in the next election. <coughs> uh, I said to the president, Mr. President, I mean, if, if you're serious about, you know, what you're saying in your, in your speeches, I'll work with you. And we sat there and talked for about, oh, I'd say an hour and 15 minutes, not all about the legislative process, a lot about uh, the, the Motion Pictures Actors Guild and, and Ronald Reagan. He'd love, I'll bet you I sat in a room with him one-on-one -on -one, two or three different times where he told me the same story about, you know, uh, I was head of the motion pictures and the actors, and, and listen, I know, I know legislation, and I know rules, and I know the law, and I know labor, and, and I'd sit there, yeah, 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 and then we'd get down to where I'd say, well, Mr. President, I want to cooperate with you, but I want you to understand. I want to be able to talk to you, call you, because it's not going to be easy out there, because you haven't got any support in my committee. Archer and all those people are against you. Called Don Regan in, who was then uh, his, his aide, and said, uh, I think I made a deal with, uh, with the chairman, and I, I want you to put him through to me anytime he wants to, and he shook my hand. I said, I'll tell you one thing, Mr. President, you're not going to get a lie out of me. I won't lie to you. And uh, some of these fellas are going are gonna to dislike you very much because I'm going to be calling you and telling you uh, who your friends are. And Ronald Reagan was true to, his, uh, true, true to the cause. I mean, uh, you got to like that about an individual, you know, even if he is a Republican. <laughs> we talked a little bit about Social Security. Could that happen today? You know, 
We haven't developed a legislator that's willing to take the tough vote. We have developed the legislator that wants to put off tomorrow, tomorrow. Uh, we had some very courageous guys uh, in those days. Jake Pickle out of Texas, one of them, one of the best. I mean, when he looked at a problem in Social Security, and he wanted to solve it. <coughs> I think the three most prominent figures in solving the Social Security problem at the time, Dole, Rostenkowski, and Jake Pickle. Um, have you got that chemistry in an individual today? I don't know. I, I, uh, everybody wants to be reelected. And, you know, I think when I was in the Congress, uh, well, now maybe even in the last five years of my service in the Congress, only 50 of the senators thought they could be president. Now all of them think they could be president. Uh, it's it's difficult, and 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 you know the, the, this comes into the kitchen at six o'clock every night, and everybody looks for that <coughs> that soundbite. What when Dole becomes ma uh, majority leader, um, and obviously it's a job that you know is redefined every time someone mm -hmm. takes over, presumably like the chairmanship of Ways and Means. Um, what are the weapons? What are the what are the tools that a that a majority or minority leader has in this climate? I mean, everyone talks about the legendary days of LBJ. Mm -hmm. You know, when one man seemingly mm -hmm. you know rode the whirlwind. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there are a lot of people who still want the job. Well. Um You know, um, this transparency, um, it, it, it seems as though we don't let the legislator lower his guard. He's got to be defending himself when he goes out to dinner as to whether or not he has to pay for, I mean, Jesus, have, have we come so that you, you can buy a, a, a senator or a, or a congressman for a pork chop? I mean, and, and you know, it's minutiae. I used to take my members on sabbaticals. Democrat, Republican, and I'd invite the academician, I'd invite the labor, and, and we'd all sit around the square. Several things happened. Labor found out that, you know, these guys on Ways and Means aren't all dummies. Business found out that, boy, they, these guys really work. Uh, and, and even labor and business started to talk to each other. Sure, you know, we got an army jet and flew down to Gatlingburg and all the business people flew in on their jets, but we were together for a long weekend. And it got to a point where you could pick up the phone and call that person over at IBM or over at uh, RCA by his first name. Uh, and and I should imagine secrets. You know, the, do you think we can really do this? Do you think do you think it can happen? Uh, these people don't want to meet at all. I mean, there's there's nothing personal about it anymore. It's all press release. Can it happen? Can, can we do it? Uh, well, I, I'm afraid that it's well. You know. It, it, we did. We certainly didn't have the credit card uh, insanity that we've got today. I mean, my kids are as bad as government with respect to deficit spending and paying seventeen percent interest. I mean, <coughs> it's the mindset. 
it's a it's a real problem for us. How uh, difficult was um, tax reform in the mid '80s? Well, uh, I think uh, <laughs> I'll never forget. <coughs> we passed tax reform. Bob Dole was majority leader. Bob Packwood was chairman of the Finance Committee. Uh, I called Bob and I said, Robert, <coughs> I'm bringing this over and putting this right on your doorstep. He says, what did you do to me? Because Bob Packwood was running around the country saying, I like the, I like the tax code just the way it is. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do anything on health. I'm not going to do anything uh, with with respect to raising revenues. I like it the way it is. How difficult! I think that I was that close to a nervous breakdown. Now that's pretty. That's pretty difficult. But you asked earlier. Everybody runs for the job. Somebody brings something different to the job. I think what I brought to the Ways and Means Committee, to both Democrats and Republicans, because it had to take Democrats and Republicans, I brought the admiration of my membership, who... Said Jesus, you know, Mr. Chairman, this is I, I, I'm going to do this for you. Now they, I I know I got three or four votes, uh, just out of friendship. I don't know whether there are that kind of friends these days. Uh, our candidates, our our Democratic candidates. The camera's focusing on whether they're going to say hello to each other on the Senate floor. Uh, when the Republicans were running, it was whether or not the senators are going to say hello to each other. We've got an atmosphere of division, and I don't know how you how, how do you how do you correct that? Can we take a break? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm starting to swim. Oh, sure. Okay. What? Big question. But I mean, what, what do you think were Dole's strengths? I was going to say as a, as a leader, maybe I should say as a legislator. Well, I think that's a combination. Yeah. I think, you know, you got to like a guy. And it, you, why, I, why I told you it was such a surprise to me that he won, because when those guys get in that, in that, you know, behind that curtain with a closed ballot, I thought that he was going to get his ashes hauled. But he, uh, he well, uh, he, evidently, Bob was doing his homework. Now, don't don't you think that the chemistry of a Bob Dole? Uh, if you walk into a room, there's a fellow you really want to meet. Just by his mannerisms, Bob's got that. I mean, that's one. He's a warm kind of guy, uh, and I mean this. I mean this favorably. Doesn't take himself too seriously. Uh, is is not afraid of being the butt end of a joke. As a matter of fact, sometimes makes fun of himself. Uh, why don't you, why wouldn't you like a fellow like that? Plus the fact that if he's got some talent to want to lead, to take tough votes, uh, that's what it, that's what it is. So so, um, Hell, I I looked forward to working with Bob Dole. I I, I figured, heck, he he wouldn't become a majority leader, but he 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 worked like a beaver. 
How important was the staff? Well, listen, uh, and I'm the first one to admit this. I nothing without staff. I mean, if you can't trust your staff, uh, as 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 chairman of the Committee on Ways and Means, <coughs> I'd have staff meetings and I'd say, the day that any one of you doesn't feel comfortable coming into my office and telling me, hey, boss, slow down here. You don't belong on my staff. Now, I can hear it, you know, from Janice Mays or Rob Leonard, who are my immediate staff people. But I like anybody to be able to walk in and say, hey, boss, yeah. or, or have the argument here. I want, I'll make the judgment. And I, and I, would, and I, think, that, I think that that's the way Bob ran his Senate staff. He'll make the political decisions, but you give him an opportunity to make a judgment on the legislative programs, and he'll take the best advice he's got. I'm telling you, uh, as far as my tombstone, it's me looking over my shoulder to my main staff person saying, is this good law? Yeah. Now. I think that's that you know that's what makes for leadership, and, and you know uh, there are certain things that you could jar somebody with. I mean, if I wanted to get Bob Dole attention, I'd do something with Beechcraft. Ho 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 ho! You could bet your life I'd hear from Bob Dole because Kansas—that's you know—it's the biggest operation, <coughs> but. <coughs> As Bob Dole could probably do something with the financial circles in Chicago, uh, but, but those are things that you do. I mean, you're legislating. I went to Ronald Reagan on several occasions, and said, "Mr. President, I'm going to put some things in this bill that even I don't like." But I know Packwood doesn't like them either, and 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 those are things that you know that, that we'd be able to iron out in conference trading. Now, I said to you earlier, uh, I, I, for want of a better word, it's a conspiracy. But you're doing it for your country. Well, that, okay, because that raises a huge sort of paradox. On the one hand, if there is such a thing as the American people, you know, they seem to admire the kind of can-do pragmatic, problem-solving mindset. On the other hand, deal-making is a pejorative. Hmm. But <laughs> how, how do you reconcile? Uh, you know, this is killing yourself of improvement. Um, I don't know. I just don't know. Um, we used to be able to to write law, pass it, and wait for the reaction. Today, you can't even write the law. Now, I rectified. And and this really irritates me, this back room cigars. You know, all the time I was chair of the Ways and Means Committee, we did things out in the open. <coughs> Maybe we did them at 2 o'clock in the morning, but that was because I was going to wear those guys out and those women out until I got something out of them. Now, that wasn't because I, I you know, I wanted to do something candid, uh, so many things happened. You know, when we didn't write some, in the beginning, some laws in the executive session, we wrote them out in the open until all of a sudden uh, I'd look at my ranking member on the Republican side, Barbara Conable, and say, Barbara, do you think, you think we're going to get this thing done in three weeks? I mean, every time we do something that's 
unpalatable to labor. I see the labor guy run over to the labor, co the, the labor congressman. Now, if we do this in executive session, the labor congressman can go to the labor guy and say, hey, you go talk to him. He put it in the bill. And I think that that's where you were a leader, where you say to the labor person or to the financial person, I'm sorry, but this is the way it's going to be. Now, if you want to take me on, I want you to know something. I'm going to be here in three years. <coughs> the Republican Party changed during those years, didn't it? I mean, oh, sure. And, and Dole had to deal with the fact, I mean, in the House, I mean, the, the Barbara Carnivals and the Bob Michaels of the world gave way to the new Gingriches. Right, exactly. More so in the House than in the Senate. The Senate uh, still had a congeniality about, uh, about the way they could, they, they could legislate. Uh, <coughs> uh, the, the Gingriches, uh, you know, they were on the floor of the House destroying the Democratic Party in special orders. And the people at home were, you know, of the opinion that they were t speaking to a full House. And then you remember the argument that Tip O'Neill, Tip O'Neill said, pan the House. <laughs> And all of a sudden, uh, the, the big argument, well, why are you panning the House? Let the American people know that, you know, you're, you're, you're speaking to an empty chamber. Well, you know, I didn't find that discouraging. I mean, that's the way it is. But it, it did change. I mean, and, and, and as we pointed out earlier, the right wing took over the structure of the legislative process, and the left wing took over the structure of the legislative process to where uh, tax reform. When Ronald Reagan issued Treasury One, it was the most democratic legislative product you ever saw in your life. I ran to Tip O'Neill. I said, Tip, call him. Tell him it's passed. Oh, no, geez. Call Dick Bowling in. Dick Bo it's not enough. I says, you're never going to see a product like this. I was in Chicago. I, I had more Republican friends trying to tell me that you, you, you can't do this to us. I said, I'm not doing it to you. President Reagan, Don Regan. <coughs> it wasn't enough for the liberals. The end result? We came back toward the center, which wasn't bad because, we, you know, as, as legislators, we didn't think we were going to get any product at all. That's interesting because <clears throat> did something like that happen, albeit with the conservatives in the, Bush, in the first Bush presidency, with the 90 budget negotiations? I mean, because there were two packages, weren't there? I mean, there was, a, there was an agreement that fell well, apart. Well, you know... <coughs> Now you're talking about when, when, when we were at Andrews Air Force Base. <coughs> Nothing was happening there. Speeches. As a matter of fact, I'd get there, and Dole would sit about on my oblique. And we'd be looking, and he'd be reading the paper. He'd look at me, and go back to the paper. He'd look at me, go back to the paper. And I walked over to him, and I said, what do you think, Bobby? He says, we could get this thing aired out in a half an hour because we'll make concessions. But the Gingriches, the Stockmans, the, um, well, I'm trying to think of what his name is. He just passed away. Uh, who? Darman. Darman, Dick Darman. Whoa, deep in, 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 in. and... The governor of Maine, of Maine or Delaware, what was his name? He, he Sununu. Oh. oh, entrenched in, in the position of the conservative right. Now, I don't think that Bob Dole's a liberal, but Bob Dole's also a legislator and a politician. And we don't find it uh, abhorring to make a concession. And we, we were at Andrews Air Force. Finally, George Bush said, well, you know, put some revenues in this thing. And this is after he made the speech, and he is a dear friend of mine. <coughs> you know, read my lips. No, you didn't have to do it. But uh, I, 
Well, I, 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 I really look... Do you, do you give Bush credit now? I mean, oh, yes. a, a lot of historians oh, say oh, that. Listen, I didn't just give Bush credit now. <coughs> I gave Bush credit the day he did it and the day Bill Clinton was elected. You've got the foundation, because of George Bush, to do some things in this country that you would never have had the opportunity to do if you didn't get this tax bite that George Bush gave you. Lost the election. What was the difference between the first package and the final package? I mean, there was an agreement that apparently Gingrich, you know... I don't remember the details. I really don't remember the details. Yeah. But... Uh, but, but it was frustrating but, 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 to go. Yeah, Jim Jones. I mean, I mean, I mean uh, Jim Baker. You know, we were all sitting there, and <clears throat> and, and I, I said to to the president, you know, Jesus, George, if you think I'm looking at this as a, like a victory, you're crazy. You're doing the right thing. You did the wrong thing with this read my lips jumbo. Um, but uh, I. I, I really worry, I, b because I worry about the mindset of the American people. Uh, we've got to be able to bite this bullet economically. We're, we're in trouble. And uh, <laughs> uh, you go into the shopping centers. Uh, look at the pin bars where these people pay for sale, for sale, for houses for sale. Can't sell them. And... and uh, I, you know, I, I don't have the solution to it. I really don't. But um, I this is much worse than the savings and loan. Oh, yeah. Crisis. But the savings and loan was bad. Yeah. It was a bailout that, you know, we never really got to the bottom of. But uh, I'm, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a survivor and I'm an opportunist and I'm a, I, I, I guess positive about you know what this country can do, and I think that we can solve these problems. Two things we'll, we'll wrap up. Um, one, the Clinton years. Um, I think you told me once about President Clinton calling you. I think it's time of budget negotiations or something, and, and wanting a little bit of an edge. And to tell me something about Bob Dole. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think he was worried about a debate of sorts. And he said, uh, tell me a little bit about, about Bob Dole. And I said, Mr. President, there's nothing I can tell you about Bob Dole that isn't obvious. He said, what do you mean? I said, well, Bob is restless. He's impatient. Uh, he wants to get things done yesterday. If I'm going to give you a tip, it's wait him out. And that's that's exactly what I told the the, the, the president. Uh, whether he listened to me or not, I don't know. But that, but that was, that was the way I, I I viewed Bob Dole. If I if I had a problem with Bob Dole, uh, I, I would try to try to find something that would irritate him. Uh, and there were things that you could find out about Bob Dole. I mean, about another personality in the administration. I, you know, I hate like heck to say this because he's never said that he does likes him or disliked him, but he was not a big fan of Don Regan. And I used to bring up the wonderful attitude that Don Regan had and the great ability. And Jesus, I'd see Bob Dole turning beet to Mott's tomato beet red. Uh, but you know, those are th those are things you do bantering. But uh, uh, I, I, I want to underscore the fact that you talk about leadership. You walk into a room and you see a Bob Dole, you want to you know that guy. Now, that's the first thing. If he's coupled with the, the ability to lead, 
make sacrifices, bite the bullet. Those are great commodities in the, in the kind of person that you, you know, you want running the Senate or the country. See, that gets to, to this whole thing we've been talking about, that um, forging a consensus is, in fact, generally believed to be a test of, of leadership. But it's become almost a dirty word. Yeah. Consensus yeah. in the current political climate yeah. is seen as the enemy of conviction. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, it was certainly before, uh, you know, we were entering everybody's home at 6 o'clock with the news. Now it's 24 hours 7, and everybody is looking for an angle. Uh, you know, you almost... Did you ever sit down and watch a person say something and then listen to a commentator an hour later say, wow, she threw a bombshell at this. She answered a question. But we're in trouble when we continually expect news to be entertainment. And that's what we have today. Nothing but entertainers. Uh, I always used to get a kick out of the BBC. Good evening. This is the British Broadcasting Company, and here's the news. And boom, 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 boom. We haven't got that anymore, but because it's, it's entertainment. And, and that frightens me. That frightens me. What, um, how do you think Bob Dole should be remembered? Well, you know, uh, you, you, fame is so fleeting. Uh, I think what he did out there in the mall is going to follow him for a long, long time. Beautiful. And you want to know something? I think that's what he'd like to be remembered for. So you can couple those two things together. You got a pretty good ingredient for how this country is going to treat, the, you know, the memory and the likeness of Bob Dole. You know, and, and listen, I, I remember uh, pictures of Bob Dole in bed trying to survive as a wounded soldier. <coughs> you see McCain. I mean, these guys have gone all the way. You, you don't, you think an awful long time before you, you, you come out against people like this. But um, I think that uh, I don't know. He 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 probably has a different view, but I I doubt it. I doubt whether it's very, very far from what I just said about the yeah, kind of person. Yeah, that's a, that's interesting. 